Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Florida jinx continues for BYU football. No double-digit lead is safe. The question is, why? Are the Cougars in jeopardy of missing out on a Hawaii bowl trip right now? Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on where it went wrong again and what has to change for BYU to earn that holiday trip. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, October 14th, group therapy in session. Wherever and however you're connected, nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with alligator wrestler Jerem Jordan. I've never done that, and I don't plan on doing it. That just seems really dangerous. I should have taken you with me because I would have felt better about going oh. to the Everglades to attempt such a feat. You're in the wrong part of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have gone. That'd be great. <laughs> would you My have? My life would be a lot easier. Considering the result, would you have loved to go? Yes. <laughs> yes. I wasn't feeling well Saturday, though, so it's all good. Well, you were a rock star on Saturday night, having produced the show after a tough BYU loss. Then at least you got to witness an outstanding performance by the BYU women's soccer team. I saw somebody win. That was good. And win decisively, right? Yeah, it was, no, it was, it was a great win for women's soccer. But that's uh, not the primary reason we're here, <laughs> Spencer. They, soccer ain't paying the bills. I'm starting off with something positive. Yeah. Well, they, no, there's a lot of positive. It's just... That's, you know, the majority of the audience is coming for a uh, certain I know, sport. I know, I know. Like I said, group This therapy. building doesn't exist if, uh, you know, BYU football isn't good in the 80s. Amen. So, you know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. Here is today's show lineup from Studio B. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on if BYU football is in real danger of missing a bowl game for the second time in three years. How many points is Boise State ranked 14th favored by over the Cougars on Saturday. And the one thing that Jerem Jordan says could have made all the difference, one thing, in BYU being 4-2 and two instead of 2-4. and four. And it's not scoring more points. Don't give me that garbage. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, it's a reality. BYU football drops to 2-4 and four after uh, another heartbreaking, head-scratching, deflating loss to the USF Bulls 27-23 why? in Tampa, Florida. Head coach Kalani Satake offered these words post-game on what he has to do to fix things. I got to do a better job of making sure that we improve everything, not just the things that we're focused on. I, I wanted to take care of the, the run on defense, and we didn't do that well enough. We did it in the first half, and that was it. You know, and, and the second half, they imposed their will, and we've got to find a way to be better in the fourth quarter. And regardless of what the score is, let's put teams away when we have a lead, and then... and and stay aggressive and, and be able to get more points on the board. And that's that comes from, from the coaches first. Stop the run. Seems simple enough, doesn't it? Hasn't worked for BYU against some teams that we thought it would work against. BYU now welcomes 14th-ranked Boise State to Provo this Saturday night. Late kick. Precipitation in the forecast right now. I really hope it's not that way, but... It looks like it's going to be that way. Could be a very interesting Saturday night as the Cougars look to win a rivalry game in what would be a massive upset 
We're going to debut a new uh, sideline reporter as well, so uh, stay tuned for that. Fred Warner had six tackles and a tackle for loss in the 49ers' 20-7 win against the Rams to extend San Fran's record of 5-0 for the first time since 1990. Ziggy Ansah also had a uh, forced fumble and a fumble recovery in the same play against the Browns in my Seahawks win on the road, 5-1. This isn't a Niners show. Only. It's not the 90s. The block is hot in San Francisco. (laughs) Who cares about them? (laughs) Can you smell what we're cooking? I'm excited for a couple of matchups in November and December with the Niners. Let's go. Sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer, as mentioned earlier, destroyed because that's what happened. Pacific, six to nothing on Saturday. BYU outscored their two opponents last week, 11 to one. Saturday was the ninth shutout of the season. BYU, well-rounded game. Again, six goals from six different players. Stop me in. How about that? The Cougars will take on St. Mary's at Southfield on Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And Friday, Kyle Collinsworth was traded from the Raptors 905 G League team to the Utah Jazz G League team, the Salt Lake City Stars, then signed with the Utah Jazz on Saturday. He'll join the team in training camp. Should he make the team? Awesome. Should he not? He'll join the Stars in the G League and have an opportunity to go up to the Jazz. So, uh, Kyle Collinsworth, the Provo kid, now with the Jazz. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He's had uh, a journeyman's career through the NBA. Yeah. And in the press releases, I did see him with a shirt on, which was kind of different. Nice. I was kind of uncomfortable. I wasn't okay. used to that. At least a jersey on. Right, at least uh-huh. a jersey. Uh-huh. But uh, congratulations to Kyle Collinsworth. That's very cool. Yeah. He says he's living in the moment, not trying to worry about, oh, can I, can I get here? Can I, I live two steps, one two day. moments at a time, but that's, you that's fine. Two moments at a time. Yeah, two minutes. I'm here and there. Yeah. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. My biggest question after BYU lost to USF on Saturday was, what is BYU doing? What are they doing? Now that I have had time to analyze and percolate on the matter, we're going to try and figure that out. And, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you, what is the biggest reason in your mind that BYU lost to USF after holding a double-digit lead once again? I'll tell you that reason coming up later in the show. My second reason mm, okay. is red zone execution. Uh, 0 for 4. BYU got two field goals, but 0 for 4. We're going to hear from Matt Bushman later about that topic as well. You can't go into the red zone four times and not score a single touchdown. BYU scored from outside the red zone. A 32-yard run from Jaron Hall, which tied the season high in a long rush, by the way. And then a 29-yard at Dax Milne, which was like the mirror image touchdown catch against USC on the left side. Um, amazing. Both touchdowns on big plays. Right. Yeah, no, those are, those are great. Dax Milne tied for the team lead after six games with two touchdowns, by the way. Uh, rushing defense was another deal, especially in the second half, which brings us to an early stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the second half, BYU is the third worst team in rush yards allowed in the country. 144 a game. The last two weeks, however, BYU has allowed the exact same amount of rush yards in the second half to Toledo and South Florida, and that number is 178. Also, BYU has blown fourth quarter leads the last two weeks. 21-14 and 23-14, and BYU loses again in the last two weeks with a positive turnover margin. Oh, you're just full of good information, are, aren't you? Well, all the information's uh, <laughs> what it is. It's you, factual. Facts yeah, are facts, it's right? facts. True facts of truth. These are all reasons BYU, BYU should be winning these games. 
what's going on? And uh, we'll talk about some of the systemic things going on right now. And there's a lot of things you could point to, but I do want to make this point. BYU is a couple of plays away from being 4-2. and two. I mean, just play here, play there. 4-2, and two, totally different. No one's calling for the coaching staff's heads. No one's saying fire XYZ. Also, BYU is a couple of plays away from being 0-6. Like, really tight. Micah Simon, uh, USC scores a touchdown maybe instead of a Dangamoloku pick away from being 0-6. So... Seasons and games hinge on a couple of plays, and we've seen that last two weeks. I'm with you. Red zone execution has been, in a word, uh, abominable. I mean, BYU is the fifth worst team in the country in scoring touchdowns once they get inside the red zone. 39%. That's awful. There are 125 teams better than BYU (laughs) at scoring touchdowns once... They get into the red zone. Now, if you score 50 points a game and they're all outside the red zone, that's fine. Who cares? But, no. you BYU's gotta, averaging 22 points a game. It's, they scored 23 on Saturday. We thought this team would be explosive. They've been the furthest thing from it. So, red zone execution is a huge one. But I'm with Kalani Satake. Stop the run. BYU could not stop South Florida's run game in the third quarter specifically. Like they couldn't do it. There was a drive that South Florida ran the ball 10 consecutive times. They didn't even attempt to pass, Jerem. Bo Tanner didn't have to defend any of those ones, like the one he gave up on, which is really tough. They didn't even attempt a pass. 10 straight runs, touchdown. BYU could not stop the run in the third quarter. Why? Why? That's the million-dollar question. Why couldn't BYU stop the run when for two weeks that's all we heard about? Got to stop the run. Comes down to stopping the run. If we stop the run, then we're going to win this game. BYU couldn't do it. Like That, to me, is the number one issue. 23 points with a backup quarterback against that team. Super undisciplined. They're having a down year. Should have won the game. Should have won the game. 13 tackles for loss. Six sacks allowed, by the way. Oh, yeah. Then then there are one tackle for loss, zero sacks. Offensive line struggles as well. I thought that was supposed to be a strong group. They've struggled, man. They've really struggled. Okay, topic two. BYU is two and four with three perceived gimme games left on the schedule with Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass. But who knows? Is anything a gimme at this point? Number 14, Boise State also coming into Provo Saturday. Utah State, San Diego State left. Spencer, is BYU in danger of missing a bowl game? Yes. We always use DEFCON levels, right? I'm putting this at DEFCON 3. So moderate danger of BYU missing a bowl game. Remind me, is one the worst or five? I can't remember. DEFCON 1 is the worst. Okay, it feels like two right now to me. Okay, so you're at two. It feels like two. I'm at three. I'm not saying it is. Because I am holding out hope that BYU will get Zachariah Wilson back (laughs) at quarterback late in the season. This is what BYU does. They're going to ban- win San Diego State. They're going to band-aid this thing. Okay? Yeah. So Screw band-aids. BYU, BYU needs surgery. I know. I know. But with all of the injuries and everything that's going on, all of the issues that are yeah. being brought up, yeah. this, this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. This is what's going to happen. It's going to get band-aid. Tell me. Tell me. Band-aid fix. Zach Wilson's going to come back maybe – Maybe miraculously, just to get a few warm up throws in against UMass, like ease back warm up throws, and then go to San Diego State, and he's going to lead BYU to a win at San Diego State. Okay, that's going to happen. That gets BYU to a bowl it, game. It gets BYU Save to a bowl season. game. Six and six, and BYU's going to Hawaii. That's what's going to happen. 
And once again, BYU is 6-6, six and six, back-to-back years. And having to go to a bowl game to finish over 500. And then so didn't make me, like any do, progress. Do you want UCF in the Hawaii Bowl this year? Get out of here. We want Western Michigan, right? Everyone was, <laughs> no one complained about the opponent when Zach Wilson went 18 for 18. The answer to this question is yes. yes is you in danger? danger? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I do think BYU will win the quote-unquote gimme game still. It's one thing to lose in the Eastern time zone against South Florida with some speed, and they were top 10 in the country in takeaways, sacks, and TFLs. Liberty, UMass, and Idaho State are not even close to that. BYU's going to win those three. The question is, can BYU beat Boise State, Utah State, or San Diego State? I'm with you. San Diego State's the most likely win. At that point, perhaps you're playing for a bowl game at 5-6. and six. That motivation there. One could argue that maybe it's better for everything and everybody if BYU doesn't, but I'm not on that side of that coin right now. I do see BYU winning one of those three on your screen. Boise yes, State, yeah. Utah State, San Diego State. I don't see BYU matching up well with Boise State, even though several times BYU has matched up well. Hank Bachmeyer had a hit pointer, the quarterback for Boise State, in the game uh, against Hawaii Saturday night. So Chase Court comes in. Jalen Henderson, the third string, came in. Sound familiar? That was BYU football. On Saturday, BYU played its third string. <laughs> Baylor, don't call me Mitt Romney. And he got BYU into the red zone twice. He, twice. Al- he almost saved the day. I do think BYU is going to beat one of those three. I think San Diego State's the most likely, and I hate it. Because if Kalani Satake loses to Boise State and Utah State, and finishes the season with a record under 500 overall, and one in, what is it going to be, 12 if BYU loses the next two games? To rivals. Against rivals? That's not great. That's not great when you're looking for a contract extension. It's not. You're 0-4 against Utah, and you're 1-3 against uh, Utah State, and you're 0-4 against Boise State. He's, he's probably got to beat Boise State and Utah State to have some kind of leverage there going into the final year of his contract next year. It would be 1-11, yes. 1-11. 1-11, right. If BYU loses to Boise State and Utah State. Not good. There's a real possibility that BYU will be 2-6 and six and have to win the final four games of the season to get bowl Which eligible. could happen. It's just 6-6 six and six is it's just bleh. Come on. You don't even have to be good to go to a bowl game now. 6-6, six six, you can be 500. Shaq's free throw percentage? Come on. Oh. <sighs> I'll move to DEFCON 2 if BYU loses the next two games. <laughs> okay. That's a likely situation unless BYU figures it right out. Right now, DEFCON 3, because they have an opportunity to still get a huge third win and take some pressure off of having it's de- to win the it's final DEFCON four. 1, bro, if BYU loses the next two. It's 1. It's... <laughs> okay, let's talk about what BYU's facing moving forward, starting with Boise State, then a bye week, then Utah State, then the winnable three games followed by San Diego State. We know the schedule, but, Jerem, what's the biggest concern overall within the realm of BYU football as the Cougars try and move forward and fix things? Listen, I think BYU's had the talent and the situations to be successful and be better than they have been, but certain things have caused BYU to be less out of the team's control uh, than what they can they can do. The schedule is not created by the football team itself. It's created by the athletic department, right, and Tom Homel. That's been tough. That's been tough. I think BYU's kind of banged up, obviously, in major injuries. That's another thing. Kind of banged up? And I think culture, yeah, definitely banged up. Culture is an issue right now. I think BYU's undisciplined. You see that manifested in tackling and dumb penalties, simple things, muffing a punt, um, 
you know, bobbling that up nine at the end of the third quarter when you could pin a team back and then get the ball back and go up, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever. Those are, those are major issues. I, it's tough. I, I think BYU is capable coaches. that They're under fire quite a bit right now, but we do need to see BYU play better. And I know BYU's playing with a lot of its second and third string guys, which is a tough situation. Let's talk about this. The BYU Sports Flash, good follow on Instagram, by the way. They, they put out the following. The, these guys from start of the year to the end of the USF game that weren't in the game at the end. Troy Warner, Diane Gonwoliko, Zane Anderson, Chris Wilcox, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, Tyson Williams, Thomas Schoff, Keanu Saliapanga, Tristan Hodge, Hank Tuipolotu. Uh, whoa. Major, major injuries. But I think BYU still should have won the last two games with all that said. BYU had enough depth to get a double-digit lead in both of those games with most of those guys. In out. the fourth quarter. Yes. BYU, but I mean, nine point, uh, sorry, seven point and nine point going into the fourth quarter's last two weeks. So here's Late. my question about that list. How many of those guys that were out or are out still stopped the run or can stop the run? Like, how, how much different would the run defense be with that list? I think Zane Anderson would help in that, but he's one of the only guys, right? Yeah. Like,. Uh, it's the run deal. Like, something's got to change. I, I, something has to change there if BYU's no. going to win six games and get to a bowl game. Here's my biggest concern is that at this juncture of the season, we're six games in, we've already progressed to the just get to a bowl game mentality. Like, it, it has become that. To, like, three weeks ago, we were talking about can BYU win nine games? Maybe can they get 10 or something. Like, yes, it the Blue Goggles quickly. were firmly affixed after BYU beat USC. They're two and one. Can BYU win nine or 10 games? Now, in three games, it has shifted to just get to a bowl game. Can BYU make a bowl game? Things can change quickly, positive or negatively. By the way, BYU's 13 and 19 post Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. BYU's a bad football program post Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. Got to be better. And I'm worried because the human element will start to creep in. And by human element, I mean. It is in our nature to start to doubt things and wonder. Why shouldn't we doubt right now? We get divisive. And so I'm worried about potential trust issues between players and coaches. Is there still belief in each other 100%? Well, belief to what end? What's BYU playing for? The Hawaii Bowl? Meh. Yeah, right. I, I know. You know what I mean? This is why that's what I'm worried about. What's, like, what's, without a conference and without a real chance at like, a major bowl game, you're playing, everyone's playing for pride. Give me more than that. The right? coaches have a real you know challenge I mean? to get these players motivated now. Yeah, like it, absolutely. And no, not, this is and a not trying make time. things divisive. Yeah. So we don't want players questioning coaches and coaches questioning effort of players. But that's there what can happens be a healthy, when you struggle. There can be a healthy questioning. Say, hey, we're struggling. Let's talk it out. Yeah. It, the questioning thing. The religion that founds this university was based on a question. <laughs> There's healthy question asking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's hope it stays healthy. Our question of the day. What is your biggest concern about BYU football following the loss to USF? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Big Uncle Pooh. What's up, Adrian? Bowl eligibility. Yeah. Simple enough. That's what the season's about now. Make it a bowl game. It has... That, that's my biggest concern. It's not it's, about. It's become about that in three games. It's be, it's gone from nine wins progress to um. Let's just make a bowl game. Yeah, and it's bigger than Zach Wilson's thumb injury, by the way, which we haven't even mentioned. 
Right. Jaron Hall played well. I, I thought Jaron Hall played a good Baylor, game, dude. Baylor Romney did well enough in two drives for BYU to win that game. If you're Joe Critchlow, what's going on right now, by the way? You're the fourth string. Yeah, you can't score. Tough. 39% of red zone drives, touchdowns, fifth worst in the country. Like, what? We may extend the show on line only and just spit negative stats at you because there's so many right now. But we're not because no. we have more things to talk about. Coming up, players weigh in after the frustrating loss to USF. I still think BYU is going to band-aid this season. Trevor Mattis is going to add his opinion on how BYU can band-aid things and get to a bowl game. He joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What about emergency surgery? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us right after BYU Sports Nation for Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV as Gregor Bell hosts Jeff Grimes and Elisa Tuyaki as they discuss the loss to South Florida, preview the matchup with number 14 Boise State. It's at the top of the hour after us on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We hope that you are surviving your Monday. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline to help us survive in Studio B is ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst and expert Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, welcome back to the program. Help us figure out what the heck is going on with BYU football, would you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, a lot, lots going on with BYU football. Some of it good, some of it not so good. The good, they need to build off the bad. The bad, I'm not sure. Well, there's adjustments they can make to correct it. But I tell you, it's, there's some real serious frustrations that were had a spotlight shined on them once again in this loss. Let's zone in on South Florida. What's the biggest reason or issue, in your opinion, as to why BYU was not able to beat a Bulls team that, quite frankly, they should have beaten? They should have, and they would have beaten them going away if – they were more effective on offense in the red zone. And this has been a problem with this team all year. When they would drive it down and come away either with no points or a field goal. I mean, I'm charting this game, and in the second quarter they had a 12-play drive that flamed out on the five-yard line that kicked a field goal. They had a 14-play drive, flamed out on the 11-yard line, kicked a field goal. You know, they And then they drove down, missed a field goal. Then they drove down and on downs on fourth down twice at the end of the game flamed out so they were in scoring position a bunch of times and came away with no points so really this game had they done better in the red zone uh, would have been a completely different outcome and the frustrating thing there is that they've they've got the tools this offensive line and these running backs should be good enough to enforce their will down there against a team like South Florida. And with a guy like Matt Bushman, the passing game should have been able to be more effective and contribute as well. And that's a problem that the Redskins have got to solve. It's not the only team with that kind of problem. I mean, last year, Alabama had that problem. Different level of competition, but the same kind of problem, where they would get down into the red zone. And they were one of the worst teams in the nation at running the ball by running backs when they got inside the 20-25 yard line. And so they've been trying to fix that this year. They're still struggling with it. So the Cougars are not alone in that problem, but it is a huge problem right now. Bigger issue right now, BYU on offense and its inability to uh, run the ball and score points and get enough to win, or the defense where BYU is the eighth worst rushing defense in the country, uh, is allowing three sacks a game, and so on. 
The problem with BYU's defense, I think, is more depth than anything else. And when the offense is not controlling the clock like they could, like they should, and when the offense is not putting points on the board and forcing the opposing offense to be one-dimensional, it means that those defenders, the starters, have to be out there for a longer period of time, more plays. Now, BYU in this game actually controlled the clock for 37 minutes. The problem is that the, the, they didn't get the points, and so they allowed UC, USF to continue to invest in the running game, and USF ended up having 44 rushing attempts. That's a lot of rushing attempts, 243 yards. And so even though... The Cougars' offense controlled the clock. They weren't able to make the the Bulls one-dimensional and force them to have to throw the ball to come back, which they could have done had they been more effective on offense in the red zone, punching it in for touchdowns instead of coming away with either field goals or no points at all. Yes. So I would say that the, Reds, the Cougars' red zone offense is a big contributing factor to the defense struggling late in games with the rushing defense. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule, Trevor. Of course, number 14, Boise State coming to Provo this Saturday. After that, BYU has a bye. Then three games that the Cougars absolutely should win, but even fans are asking, well, what if BYU loses to Liberty? And can BYU beat Utah State? And can, can they beat San Diego State? Is BYU in real danger of not making a bowl game for the second time in three years? They actually are. They need to get to six wins. They've got two right now. So if you stipulate wins against Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass, and then none of those I would, I would say are guaranteed. But if they stipulate that, that would bring them to five wins. Now they need to win one of home against Boise State, ranked 14th in the nation right now, or at Utah State, who played LSU tough for part of that game, for the part of the first half of that game. I mean, they stood toe-to-toe with LSU for a while before LSU's strength overcame them. And then to close the season at San Diego State. And it may come down to that game in San Diego that will determine whether or not they go to a bowl game. And I'll tell you, they'll have to win those three that they're supposed to, but somehow they're going to have to win at least one of the others. And so there is danger that they might not. Let's talk about Boise State for a second here. Hank Bachmeyer had a hip pointer in the game. He could miss the game on Saturday. Jaron Hall looked like he might have got a concussion, still waiting to hear what the situation is there. And if he did get one and if he can play, perhaps we might not know for a couple of days or until Saturday. And the game's going to be a little snowy, a little wet on a, a cold Saturday night. What do you think of the matchup with Boise State, a ranked team, a rival coming into Provo Saturday? Well, the colder and snowier it gets, the more the line of scrimmage is important. And Boise State has the best combination, offensive and defensive lines, in the group of five, in my opinion. So this could end up just being a slugfest at the line. And on paper, BYU has got the ability to, to stand up in that kind of a fight. And this is where they'll really need to. That offensive line will need to play up to their potential. And the defensive line will need to, to show, the depth will need to show better than the depth has shown uh, over the course of the season so far because Boise State, especially if Bachmeyer can't go, will turn this into a hit-you-in-the-mouth game. And BYU will have to, to, to stay in that fight for four full quarters. And so, again, I go back to the offense and the offensive line. They've got to not just control the clock. They've got to get points 
and touchdowns when they get to the red zone so that they can force Boise State uh, into more predictable situations. And if they can't do that, then, then well, it'll just be, it'll be Mike Tyson against uh, whoever BYU decides to be that day. <laughs> and hopefully it's uh, someone good. Wait, Trevor, on paper, isn't this a bad matchup if it's in the trenches since BYU is the eighth worst rushing defense and then uh, bottom 25 in rushing offense right now? Right, but the thing is, I look at the individual players and I like them. I mean, we'll see what the health situation of the offensive line was. There were there were a bunch of offensive linemen in that game against South Florida that were laying on the ground with a camera on them, with trainers attending to them. So we'll see how their health is. But assuming assuming health, you look at their guys individually, and they've got guys that are that are big, strong guys. And BYU always has been able to get that kind of offensive lineman. You look at the defensive line. You look at guys like Kyrus Tonga and, and others that are just powerful dudes. Maybe not dynamic in terms of getting after the passer, but certainly tough to push off the ball in the running game. And so given that, you would think that the individual fights should be a relatively fair fight until it may get to the point to where one side or the other gets fatigued. Trevor, we've talked about a lot of concerns and issues for BYU football and why they lost to Toledo and why they lost to USF, but how do you keep this team from becoming divisive and starting to doubt and to handle some trust issues that might develop between players and coaches. What, what's the key to shoring all of this up moving forward so that things don't go completely off the rails? You know, I, I, I don't fear that they'll go off the rails, and I don't fear that they'll lose trust. I get the sense that this team truly loves one another and that they respect and love and trust their coaches. And why not? I mean, I believe in this coaching staff. Overall, this is a good bunch of coaches who know what they're doing, who have proven to the players that they love the players. And once the players know that, then you can do a lot of stuff in terms of getting these guys ready to play and pushing the players to their limits. The thing that this team really needs to do to turn it around is to be, especially on offense, more precise. They can't afford to lose plays. They can't afford to miss an open receiver and get behind the chains. They can't afford to be a little bit off on a block and have a run go for one yard instead of three and get behind the chains. Because ultimately, I think the the biggest thing I see on tape is that the offense doesn't have that dynamic joystick player that can get the ball in his hands anywhere on the field, make the first guy miss, make the second guy miss, and run away from everybody else. You know, they've got guys that are fighting hard and doing well, but that dynamic human joystick hasn't revealed himself. And so what that means is, instead of being able to count on a guy like a K.J. Hamler like Penn State has, you know, or, or you know, the whole receiving core at Alabama or at Clemson, I mean, instead of having that guy, what they've got is the necessity of being very precise in game management in staying even or ahead of the chains because it, they really struggle when they're behind the chains because of that lack of, of dynamic feature, that dynamic presence. So ultimately, you know, I think they know that, and I don't think they point fingers at each other because of that. It is what it is. But I think it's very important that they stay focused on what it means they need to do and that means be more precise and execute better than the other side because they don't have necessarily that presence to make up for a lack of execution on the previous play. So I don't see this as being the team pointing fingers at each other. I see it as the team really needs to bear down and understand who they are and how they can win because they can win. 
that way. They just can't afford the mistakes. They can't afford the lack of execution that we saw in the South Florida game where they would get into scoring position and come away with either three or come away with nothing. And that's what they need to do. And I think they know that they're close to being a whole lot more effective than they've been in the last two weeks. They're really close. But close isn't good enough. And they've got a tough stretch of schedule coming up. Let's talk about uh, and wrap up with this. The uh, the top four is now Alabama. LSU climbs up three spots in the AP poll. Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, is this just coming down to November 9th, Alabama and LSU at this point? Well, it may. It may well, but Auburn's lurking in the weeds. I mean, Auburn went to Florida and lost, but they could still uh, make the SEC championship game, and they could still make the playoff, and they get uh, – Alabama at home. They get Georgia at home as well, and they still have to play LSU. So Auburn's lurking in the weeds. But, yeah, I think right now the best team in the country, the best team, is Ohio State. But I think LSU is is just right up there next to them. I think Ohio State's defense, I trust more than LSU's defense, which is why I put the Buckeyes up above them. Clemson, I wouldn't have in the top four right now. Alabama, I would have at number four. And so this is a, you know, I would have Ohio State, uh, at number one, LSU at number two, Oklahoma number three, and Alabama number four, with Wisconsin and Penn State right there up against them. And Clemson, their offense did well against Florida State for the first time in a while. But I need to see some consistency out of that Clemson offense. Their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, after we saw him light up Alabama in the national championship game last year, came in with people calling him this year the greatest college quarterback since John Elway. Whoa. Well, maybe he's got the kind of talent to eventually get there, but it's unfair to put that kind of expectation that he's already a fully polished product on his shoulders. And what happened was defensive coordinators saw what he did well last year, and they sought to complicate that and make him go to plan B. And in the first month of the season, he struggled to get to plan B. Well, we'll see if this Florida State game is a breakout for him or just a bad Florida State defense. But either way, until that offense becomes more consistently effective, then I wouldn't put Clemson in the top four. Trevor, great to talk with you. We always appreciate the insight. Win or lose, rain or shine, always bring it. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, what one thing with one player would have changed the entire season for the Cougars, in my opinion? And can this get turned around this week against number 14 Boise State? Is this the week that BYU can actually turn things around? Lopini Katoa gives us his opinion. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join us tomorrow night for BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app as the coach and a player discuss the USF game and preview the matchup with Boise State. It's ranked 14th. Reserve your seat on BYUCougars.com slash Sitake Show. 21 minutes to go in the show, so let's reset the stage with your Monday BYUSN headlines. BYU football drops to 2-4 and four after a double gut punch of a loss in Tampa to the USF Bulls. The Cougars still head-scratchingly winless in the state of Florida. 0-8 all-time. Weird. Can't exactly dwell on it because BYU welcomes 14th-ranked and undefeated Boise State to Provo this Saturday night. Live on ESPN2, 10-15 Eastern, 7-15 Pacific kick. The Broncos currently a 
point favorite. Red Warner had six tackles and a tackle for loss in the 49ers' 20-7 win against the Rams to extend San Fran's record of 5-0 for the first time since 1990. And Ziggy Ansah had a forced fumble and recovery in the same play against the Browns in a Seahawks win on the road. Sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer showing their disdain for dropping two spots in the polls by outscoring their two opponents 11-1 last week, including a 6 Nothing shutout of Pacific. Their ninth shutout of the season after Saturday night. Michaela Coulihan, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. She scored a goal and had two assists in each of her two games last week. Cougs take on St. Mary's at Southfield this Friday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Number one, Virginia beat fifth-ranked Florida State on the road yesterday in double OT, one nothing. So it's still Virginia and BYU undefeated teams. Kyle Collinsworth had an eventful weekend. He was traded from the Raptors 905 uh, team. That's the G League team for the world champions. Uh, Then Collinsworth uh, with the Stars signs with the Utah Jazz. So he's in training camp. We'll try and make the team. If he doesn't, he'll be with the Stars. But uh, have a good opportunity back home. Congratulations to Kyle. Jerem, you just scored a touchdown. So let's go for two, man. Can you predict the future? Nope. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, for the majority of the season, you have scored a lot of touchdowns in our going for two picks. I need the team to do some stuff unless I pick negatively. I've only done that once. I said Washington would win the turnover battle. And they did. And you you got the points there. Someone said, where were you last week? I missed your uh, pessimistic optimism. (laughs) <laughs> or no, cynical opti- optimism. And I was like, is that a thing? I, I'm, yeah, that's cyn- a thing. That's cy- a thing. Cynical optimism is that's a thing. makes a little bit yeah. more sense than pessimistic that a, optimism. I thought that was an interesting comment. You know who you are. <laughs> All right, let's recap our going for two picks. Dumpster fire here. <laughs> Sweet. Just light it on fire, my it first ar- pick. It, it already is. I said BYU would score 24 or more points. I'm feeling fantastic about this. About halfway through the third quarter, thought, oh, yeah, BYU. They kicked a field goal to get to 23, and I'm like, yeah, BYU. Or was it the Jaron Hall touchdown? As soon as you go high, you're in trouble. Ah! As soon as you go high, you are toast. It was the Jaron Hall touchdown, I think, that took BYU to 23 points. Maybe not. Anyway. I'm trying to forget. I'll be honest. Of, of course, BYU stops at 23. Yeah, classic. Because USF. Classic. Second pick. Brigham. BYU's going to hold USF, a team that coming into the game averaged 121 yards rushing per game. Okay, They averaged 121 yards rushing per game going into the BYU contest. Yeah. I thought, uh, I'll give the Cougars some leeway, 150. I, I think that they can hold this team under 150. And in the first half, it was amazing. Um, USF ran for 178 yards in the second half alone. 178 and a half. This just in, that's not good. Toledo did something very, very similar to BYU in the mm-hmm. second half. Mm-hmm. 0 for yeah. 2, Jeremy. I told you it was a dumpster fire. Pick one, BYU will cover the opening spread of six and a half points. <laughs> Number two, BYU have more than one sack. <laughs> Yeah, zero. <laughs> I was like, you, you gave me a hard time for picking uh, BYU to hold USF under 150, and no, no, I gave no. you a hard time No, 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 you started with the hard time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I said, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What's that pick? So I, I countered this with an easier pick. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we both didn't hey, get him. I know. We both didn't get him. <laughs> so updated standings. I'm still up 8-3. to three. Jason has none because he refuses to pick. Oh. He could pick on the side, right? Oh. If he wanted. No, you can't. Okay. Here's what makes things really hard for me. We develop relationships with these players and the coaches, and 
We BYU alumni connect for good. We invest. We we invest emotions in us. We want them to succeed. That's yeah. why it's so deflating. We kind of wear the same shirt. I just noticed. I know. Yeah, mine has the stripes. Well, I had to wear my royal blue pants today just because I needed a natural yeah. pick me up. By the way, if BYU lose to Boise State next week, I hope they don't. But or this week, I will wear the sports shirt. The yeah. Black Mondays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I threw you. No, no, sure. it's okay. The relationships. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> connected for good. Exactly. Yes. I think, do they have a new model? Speaking of talking with players and having relationships, I had some really, really hard conversations with Matt Bushman and Lopini Katoa after the game. Let's start with Matt Bushman. And he pointed out something that we have discussed earlier in the show as a major thing that this BYU team needs to improve on going forward if they have anything to salvage this season. We just need to finish drives. I mean, we were kind of the story of our season we like we show glimpses uh glimpses of really good football where we're driving down and then we just don't finish in the red zone and then giving up seven points instead of i mean getting three points instead of seven points is a is a huge thing and we we did that too many times and we just can't we can't do that anymore Yes, BYU, fifth worst team in the country in red zone touchdown percentage. 0-4 in the red zone. Punch it in once, and maybe this game's, game's over. different. Game's over. Right? Yeah, inside the red zone twice yeah. in the last five minutes with Baylor Romney. No points. No points. I award you no points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lopini Katoa had a superlative game. And his, his breakout his game of the year. Yeah. Lost in the shuffle like a Hifo was at Toledo. He says the Cougars have to show up and show out. Now against Boise State. We gotta show up and be who we can be. We all know that we can we can hang with the best athletes in the country. We showed it against SC, we've showed it against Tennessee, and for whatever reason, just these I don't know if we're just not getting up for the, the smaller schools or whatever that may be, but if we need that extra kick in the butt, like we're gonna have it for Boise State. We'll have that fire. We can't underestimate it because there's no reason to. So I think we'll have the fight to to come out our best. Oh, the next two games for BYU. Just if you want to salvage the season, you got to win a rivalry game. It certainly helps. It comes Let's go. Okay. Opportunities, right? Coming up, the Pope and Taysom Hill. No way the Saints were going to lose after that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the one thing that would change everything and have BYU at four and two instead of two and four, according to Jerem Jordan. One thing. This is BYU Sports Nation. You don't know why. Doesn't even matter how hard you try. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch after further review on the BYU TV app, Tuesday nights, 7 Eastern, five, uh, 4 Pacific. Then on BYU TV, a rebroadcast Wednesday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific, as the guys break down the game. David Campbell and Fowler, David Nick. We've been telling you for the duration of this show that there is one thing mm-hmm. that could have changed everything. Yeah. For BYU, yeah. when it comes to being four and two instead of two and four, and it has nothing to do specifically with run defense. One thing, Jerem. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot of answers to this, and it's not scoring points, it's not execution, which is too general of a word for me. To me, if Tyson Williams is healthy and playing for BYU, the Cougars win the last two games. I feel very strongly about that. I think BYU would have been able to run the ball. I think BYU would have punched it in a little more. I think BYU would have not had just a 14-3 lead against Toledo, but they would have made that 21-3 and probably out of range, right? All of a sudden, the offense is on the field more. The defense is not having to defend and defend the run as much. 
Uh, BYU was plus in turnover margin. They would have been plus in time of possession. I think if Tyson Williams is healthy, that BYU sits at 4-2 and two right now, and we feel very different about the season. BYU doesn't just have injuries. They're studs. Their star players are consistently getting injured. Zach Wilson, out. Tyson Williams, out. Zane Anderson, out. Diane Gawalaku didn't play against South Florida. That was a big deal as well. That, that way he's in on that play where Mitchell uh, Wilcox catches the touchdown pass where Bo Tanner kind of thought the play had ended or whatever. Uh, we're talking about four of the top five players on this BYU team going into the season. Yes, and the three you listed, those were non-preventable situations. The thumb with Zach Wilson, you could argue, well, don't go after him. Why wouldn't he go after him? The game's on the line. It's tied. He's running into the red zone. It, you remember when Jake Keeps didn't against Ole Miss in 2011, how mad everyone oh, absolutely. was? Absolutely. Of course he's going to go after him. It's a freak injury. Tyson Williams tearing his ACL, freak injury. Zane Anderson's shoulder, that is, that is uh, carried over from last year, and that's really unfortunate. There's been a lot of injuries. The injury that has cost BYU the most is Tyson Williams. If he is healthy, BYU runs the ball, controls the clock, punches it in a little more, and BYU is 4-2 and two instead of 2-4 and four right now. I feel really strongly about that. But it's not about that anymore. You have to move on. I just want to make the point, but you have to move on, and now you go up against number 14, Boise State, who has an injury themselves to Hank Bachmeyer, hip pointer, I'm guessing he's not going to be able to play. If he is, he's not 100% going into this game. We'll see if Jaron Hall is playing with concussion-like symptoms. Did he sustain one? He looked pretty woozy. Hopefully he can play. And perhaps we're going to see a couple of backups or even the third string for BYU. Baylor Romney accounted himself very well, by the way, in this game. BYU still should have won the game with Baylor Romney at quarterback getting into the red zone twice in the final five minutes of the game. Amen. And yes, I'm with you on Tyson Williams. In fact, two weeks ago, I asked Trevor Maddich straight up on this show, is it as simple as if Tyson Williams plays, BYU beats Toledo? And he said, yes, it probably is. Yeah, it's a bummer. If he plays, they win both games. It's tough. Coming up, how much of a favorite is Boise State Saturday versus BYU? And what better than a boy band touchdown celebration to lift everyone's spirits? Oh, my boys, man. Turn my rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Seahawks, that is. That was more Backstreet Boys game. Shout out to today's guest, ESPN insider, BYU National Champion, Trevor Maddich. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars lose to South Florida 27-23, 0-8 all-time in the state of Florida. Let's never play there again. The Cougars are 2-4 and four this season. BYU hosts number 14, Boise State Saturday, a six-point favorite right now. Former BYU offensive coordinator Norm Chow has been announced as the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Wildcats of the XFL. And C.J. Ayu is the new defensive line coach for the New York Guardians. Cougars in the NFL of the Galaxy. Fred Warner had six tackles and a tackle for loss in the 49ers' 20-7 win over the Rams. Jamal Williams cleared concussion protocol. He's in full participation as the Green Bay Packers play the Detroit Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. Great news. Taysom Hill had three rushes for 17 yards and a 13-6 Saints win over the Jaguars. Daniel Sorensen, three tackles and a Chiefs loss to the Texans. And Harvey Long had a tackle and a 24-22 Jets win over them Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Ziggy Ansah had two tackles and a fumble recovery and a 32-28 Seahawks win over Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Michael Davis had five tackles and a 24-17 Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Soccer. Number six, women's soccer beat up on Pacific 6 nothing Saturday night. I have seen on BYU TV. Ninth shutout of the year. This in uh, this morning, Michaela Coolahan, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth at Big Rusher 5 because that's a Twitter handle. Signed with the Utah Jazz Saturday. Indies in training camp. Also, the Sacramento Kings announced Friday they cut former Cougar Eric Mika. Cougars in pro hoops. We'll see if he plays in the G League or goes back overseas. Brandon Davies scored eight points, grabbed four boards off the bench for Barcelona and went over Valencia on Sunday. And Jimmer Fredette had 13 points and a Panathinaikos win in Greece. Basketball. The West Coast Conference has announced 10 conference games are to be broadcast with CBS Sports Network, including four BYU games. Pepperdine and Santa Clara in Provo are home games on CBS Sports Network, while road games at San Diego and Pepperdine will also make the network. Volleyball. Number nine women's volleyball swept Santa Clara Saturday, led by McKenna Miller's seven kills and three aces. Ben Patch had three kills in a sweep over Russia at the FIVB World Cup this morning in Japan. The U.S. will try and beat Egypt tomorrow, uh, which would give the Americans the Browns. Rugby. The men's team trounced Air Force 81-7 in Colorado Springs. They'll host Utah State at Helaman Field this Friday in Provo. Congrats to Paul Lasike and Sean Davies, who wrapped up play with Team USA in the Rugby World Cup in Japan. Tennis. And Sean Hill fell in the Constellation quarterfinals in the ITA All-American Tournament on Friday. A great tournament. Upset the number 21 player in the country en route to the quarter. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jerem, for me, in a rare occasion, I'm giving it to your Seattle Seahawks for the best touchdown celebration I've seen in the NFL all year. A throwback to NSYNC and bye-bye-bye. In unison, it even matched so up with the music. So good. It was such a good celebration. Yeah. Good luck beating that. Uh, mine goes uh, to the Pope, who uh, tweeted about the Saints. He said, quote, he tweeted, Today we give thanks to our Lord for... Our new hashtag Saints, which then inserts the Saints symbol of the NFL team. He didn't know that when he tweeted. Well, or someone for him. They walked by faith, and now we invoke their intercession. <laughs> the Saints could not lose after that. No. And did not. There's no losing And did that. not. Our question of the day, what's your biggest concern about BYU football following the loss to USF? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Nomad Coog says, I thought Baylor Romney looked pretty good. Yeah. Doesn't matter who starts if the defense can't bring pressure and stop the run. It's true. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Vi Sikahema. Greg Rebell, Jeff Grimes, and Elisa Tuiaki up next on Coordinator's Corner. Speaking of hard conversations, a few are about to happen on BYU TV. Go Kooks!